Um, try to say it like him. He might get it. Fly, you fools. <laughs> Count Chocula has a movie? <laughs> oh, my God. My assistant tells me that you're interested in resuming med school. I left under unusual circumstances. Huh. You remember the accusations made against Alexander Monroe? I don't. He took a girl back to his room. You know, we get accusations like this all the time. So it's a he said, she said situation. What would you have me do? Ruin a young man's life? <laughs> Was it reported? Yes. Do you know who she spoke to? You. Well, the doctor's here. <laughs> It's every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that. Really? <laughs> Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare is? Why do you guys have to ruin everything? <laughs> Hello there, and welcome back for another episode of the Three Amigos Movie Review Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Peter. I'm Chris. And I'm Jose. And this is Jose's first time with us on this podcast. And uh, what movie did you pick, Jose? Well, I'm hoping it's not my last either. But uh, <laughs> for the first one, I did end up picking Promising Young Woman. Why did I pick this movie? Um, well, this uh, was released in 2020. And this film in particular was up for an Academy Award for Best Film. And typically, right around the Academy Awards or close to it, I like to... You know, try to catch up with as many of the films that were nominated in best, uh, you know, picture category. And this one I hadn't even heard of. So I ended up watching it, I want to say, on HBO, I think, at the time for free. And it was like, you know, brand new. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I'm just going to watch this movie. And I personally was kind of blown away by it. So I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I wanted to talk. And discuss it with someone else and no one knew what the hell I was talking about when I brought it up. <laughs> and I finally like forced like my sister to watch it. And then she did. And then I was able to talk with her about it. And that was great. But you know, that was one time, one person. But when I do bring it up in conversation with, you know, since then, there's not a lot of people that even know that it exists or, Hey, what is it about? I didn't know that. So I think it's uh, one of those rare movies that was critically, like, you know, received well. I think it's done very, you know, put together very well. And again, it got nominated for Best Picture. It has some other uh, nominations. I think it won at least, you know, a few awards. I'd have to, you know, check on that. But for as good as it is, not a lot of people know about it. And it has not huge stars in it but it has a lot of people that are in it that you're like oh yeah i remember that guy from this or hey isn't that that guy from the thing so <laughs> uh, i think it's you know a little good uh intro for this little pod to jump in with this movie yeah i agree with that 
Yeah, and I think it did win the Critics' Choice Award for Best Film. You guys see what it got on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, man. I don't, I don't even look at that stuff. Like, I, I, <laughs> no, I really don't. I, I don't. So, like, when it comes to movies and ratings, like, there's a few, like, uh, you know, writers and people that I trust, you know, like, on social media. And I, re- I trust them more than I trust, like, an aggregating uh, system like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb or uh, other stuff. So I have no idea what it is. Well, what did your what did the critics that you you follow give it? Well, no, this one was just nothing because no one was talking about it. I just chose to watch it. But I, I say that typically when a movie comes out, especially if it's a big name movie like any of your MCUs or any sort of franchise, or even something with like you know big name actors, and that seems somewhat interesting. Uh, I typically don't rely on aggregate. I go to, you know, certain people. Like, for example, if it's like MCU-related stuff, uh, The Ringer has a lot of really good people writing about, you know, uh, superhero movies. Uh, Jason Concepcion used to be with The Ringer. He's a great follower. Usually he has some pretty good taste. So, I mean, there's just a lot of different people. And obviously, it comes down to word of mouth, right? So, Peter, if you recommend something to me, then, you know, I, I trust you, then, yeah, I'll go watch it. But, I trust your word more than I trust Ron. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did get, and Ron Tomatoes got 90%, and on IMB or IMDB, it got 7.5. So that's pretty good on both. Yeah. But like, like you're saying, Ron Tomatoes is such hit and miss that you can't really follow, follow that. So, Chris, was this your first time watching the movie? First time watching the movie, first time ever hearing of this uh, Emerald Fennel. Um, after I looked her up, I found out that she is actually going to be doing the the new Barbie movie coming oh, up um, with uh, Ryan Gosling and Margot oh, Robbie. Shit. And then when I found that <laughs> out, yeah, I found out that Margot Robbie is a producer on, on this movie oh. as well. And uh, so I, I, I went in like, you know, blindfolded, like, you know, with not knowing anything about the movie. I didn't watch the trailer. Um, and yeah, I was, if I had watched this movie in 2020, I would have been like super blown away, you know, uh, at the time, you know, the me too movement was at its peak. And, you know, back then I probably would have, I, I know it's only like a, a couple of years ago. Um, but it seems like people should watch this movie nowadays. That way that the movement doesn't die down. You know, like, I feel like this movie could like really send a good message or not a good message, but an important, <laughs> important message that is going to last like through the ages, you know? So uh, it really impressed me. Oh, well, you know, the nice thing about doing this podcast is we actually make each other watch movies, right? Yeah. So like Jose was saying, like, nobody watched this, you know? So it's nice that we kind of force each other to watch watch it so we could talk about it yeah i'm enjoying them you know i i could say honestly i would not i've never would have watched this movie yeah if jose didn't pick it and i'm glad i did and see i I guess i'm more like you know willing to take risks with movies because no one had to tell me i just like was interested enough and i I knew enough about it that you know it was up for an award it was available it was during the shutdown so i was at home what else am i gonna do (laughs) you know it had a cool looking like a homepage on the on the app. I'm like, you know what? I got two hours to kill. Let's do this. <laughs> and then fr- from the opening scenes, I was like, 
okay, w- w- where's this going? I, you know, it's it's very stylized the film overall. Yeah, the way it's done, and I, I just it, it's slick and it's just the way it's produced. I, I think it's just fantastic. It's very there's a lot of eye candy in it. So Jose, uh, do you want to say a brief summary of the movie? All right, so the film starts out with I want to say a pop song his opening scenes and then uh, just a whole bunch of awkward undesirable men dancing <laughs> and you're like what the hell is going on so after those opening scenes you know you meet a uh, this group of guys which you know i guess they can be called the incels maybe or they're incel adjacent at least and uh they notice that there's uh there's this one girl at the bar she's like she's pretty drunk one of the guys offers you know to take her home be the nice guy and instead ends up kind of coercing her to go into his room and as soon as you know he's ready to well he's already been groping her all night he wants probably to go further with his sexual assault uh she pops up she's sober and catches him yeah and that's like the opening scene and that's just like oh shit what is going on from then on you see uh the main character actually i should probably put some names to these characters right the main actress that plays the main character I hadn't actually seen her in a lot of stuff. It's uh, Terry Mulligan, and she's playing the character of Cassandra. She's the one that, you know, is acting drunk, but she's just catching a lot of these men, you know, doing these things. We find out that, you know, she has a notebook and that she does this scene quite often. Now, eventually, she runs into a guy at her workplace, which she works at a coffee shop. This guy, played by Bo Burnham, is an old classmate of hers from when she used to go to med school. He tries really hard to date her and she's having none of it. She has a very, you know, not a sunny or bubbly personality, as we can see. But as the movie un- unwraps, we understand where that's coming from. Uh, after a couple more attempts, they end up dating. And through uh, Ryan's character, Bo Burnham, she finds out that uh, there's a, a group of people from their med school days in university that he still keeps in contact with. And the name that's brought up is Al Monroe, which really, you know, just shakes something up within Sandra. From there, pretty much the rest of the film relies on her taking revenge on different people that had at least some hand in her best friend being raped, which then in turn got her depressed, committed suicide, and that's pretty much the movie i've never seen a movie quite like this before actually with this topic yeah well it's cool because like, like well if you notice like uh they don't it, the film doesn't have like acts like act one act two act three like uh but it does you know come up with the number one two three they aren't roman numerals they look like roman numerals but they're not and they're just matching the little you know hash marks she has in her notebook of how many men she's you know scared straight or whatever i didn't even notice well yeah, yeah. So, and, and that's like, you know, as she starts her journey, because the first person she goes after her is uh, a girl that she used to be friends with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It was uh, Madison, Madison McPhee, you know, which is played by Allison Brie, which, you know, she's more of a, I know her more from community as like a comedy actor. But uh, yeah, when she embarks on that journey to get revenge on her, the number one pops up. And then, on the next part of the number two and then so on and so forth until the very end of the film it ends at number five so jose what was your first impression of this movie after watching it 
my first impression, my first initial impression was, yeah, like, I mean, everything that was shown in that film was like, yep, that, that happens. And I don't know necessarily about like what Sandra does in Scaring Man, but like more of the, what men do and their typical terrible behavior. And just the themes of like how it takes more than just one person for a victim to, you know, succumb to such horrendous acts, you know? Like I was keeping a tally of just the different ways where people's like inaction or just, you know, willingness to look the other way or just to, you know, make a joke out of it, minimize it as, you know, put these women in danger. It, at the very beginning, you know, none of the friends, like, you know, they don't say anything. You know, there's not a speck of morality in that friend group. When mm-hmm. uh, I want to say he's, uh, Adam Brody is the first freaking uh, uh, actor who plays Jerry, I guess, goes to try to pick her up. And they know what his intentions are. No one tells him anything, you know. Uh, when they're in the, I, I'm going to say Uber. Don't quote me on it, but, you know, Uber is the most, you know, yeah. synonymous with the ride sharing. Uh, the Uber driver doesn't say anything. You can tell that that girl's drunk. I mean, he, and the guy's telling them, oh, just come to my place. Like, the driver ain't saying nothing. But when it came, when it came to uh, her friend, you know, the dean didn't do anything. You know, w- w- the dean said something to the uh, effect of, well, I didn't want to ruin a whole boy's life for one mistake. And she, and she had, like, a quick comeback on that. Like, all right, well. You know, he's thriving now and my friend's dead. Uh, the, the lawyer, you know, because obviously this all went to trial. And the lawyer, just he was guilty of just working with his legal team to dig up dirt on this girl. And he's right. You know, juries are swayed by just the dumbest shit. You know, if you have one bad, you know, drunken photo in your, I don't know, your history, your social media. Now, you know. No one sympathizes with you as being a rape victim. Now, everyone in the video, the whole thing got recorded. So every person that was in that room or whatever area it was happening, they're uh, culprits. And then just, you know, just other men in general, you know? So when I saw it, it was like, yeah, that happens. And it's just sad. And people think it's totally normal and okay. Because a lot of those characters, like, I'm assuming you guys, you know, uh, will probably describe them as disgusting, but that's, like, normal. And, and there's a lot of people that behave that way and think it's normal. So when I first saw this, it was cool to see that in an engaging story. And, I mean, the ending was, you know, a little, uh, I don't know. It wasn't super happy, but it wasn't. It, 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 it was mixed. You know, it was a little bit of hell yeah and a little bit of, like, man, why did it happen in that way? Yeah. yeah, it was bittersweet. All right, so you guys want to move to best lines, worst lines? Should we talk about the cast a little bit, or oh, yeah. before? Yeah, let's talk about the cast. Good, good yeah. one. There's so many characters, like you were saying uh, beforehand. Um, there's just a wide variety of like you know different people, you know different cast members in this movie that you would probably recognize from other movies, other films, and. Um, you know, especially like, uh, what's her name? Uh, the one you were saying, Madison, she's played by Alison Brie. Like, she's been in a ton of films. And yeah. uh, Clancy Brown is probably my favorite. Uh, Clancy Brown? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I couldn't place him. I don't know what else he's been in, but I was Highlander. like, I've seen him 
I was expecting him to do some crazy shit. In this yeah, movie. considering like his other uh, roles that he's done in his movies, I thought he was going to be like somebody completely different, you know. In this film, he was a little subdued, you know, like he played the classic, you know, supportive dad, um, which is, you know, kind of cool to see. But yeah, like Clancy Brown, he's like, uh, he's been a Starship Troopers, you know, he's oh. from SpongeBob. He's in Highlander. He, he was in your movie, Pick uh, the Western, also. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. But we also have the mom as well, uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, she was yeah. iconic. Uh, man, she was so awesome. Like, and, and just like uh, Clancy Brown in this movie, like she, in her normal typecasted role, like she's kind of like outspoken, you know, she's kind of ditzy a little bit. Um, she's, uh, you know, very, very energetic. And in this movie, you know, she, she's kind of like the, uh, the worried, you know, kind of frazzled mom, you know, that you uh, mm-hmm. typically see in like the classic traditional family, you know, like she, well, she did get a little hyped up. Remember when uh, she uh, gave her the birthday gift? Yeah. <laughs> he said, it was like, Oh, it's my birthday. And she's yeah. like, it's hysterical. <laughs> What do you mean? You don't remember your birthday? It's your birthday. What kind of person does that? That's one of my favorite lines, too. That like, oh, oh, like, what type of person doesn't remember the thirtieth birthday? I'm like, man, yeah, that's true. You know, if you stop and think about it, like, I'm not really a big birthday person, you know, but like, uh, how the hell do you forget your fucking birthday? Well, she was kind of dead since Nina died, too. Yeah. I, I really liked Carrie Mulligan in this movie. Um, I, oh, she killed it. Uh, well, there's some movies that I've seen her in where, where I just didn't like those movies. But this one was really, she was really well casted for this part, I believe. I think. I agree. Because I, she played a good, well, she was in other romance movies, but it didn't feel right. But th- like a revenge movie she felt like she was fitting in, into it yeah know? yeah for sure well I, I liked her demeanor like uh you know when she would be talking to these creeps or just like any sort of situation where she was like pretty much verbally sparring with people mm-hmm. you know and every interaction like that she'd always she'd always maintain control you know no matter what she'd always flip it back on whoever the other person was with like a question She's like, well, I'm not a creep. You know, I'm not a creep. I'm not a monster. Are you? You know? And she's like, are you sure about that? Really? And like, she just answered everything was just so cool. The way she delivered her lines and everything was a question. And then you see the other person, you typically a guy just like, you know, like panicking, like, I don't know what to say to that. You know? I can't say bad of anything of her in this movie. Well, it's pretty cool that like throughout the movie you kind of get little clues you know kind of markers you know about her intelligence and like her like uh cleverness and you know how um how smart she is you know like um like how quick she is on her feet you know like how like decisive she can be you know and um like in a lot of time like the her boyfriend uh at the time like was always like talking her up you know saying that she was at the top of her class like what happened like she was always so smart she was always like you know her and nina were always like you know the top two 
and that other people struggled in the class while they like somehow managed to like, you know, always be the best. You know, if you pay attention like to her scheme, you know, or to her like plans and her, yeah, what she was doing, you know, like her plan to like get revenge, you know, it, it just solidifies, you know, the fact that she is like, like on the next level, you know, like she's not normal, you know, she's always like quick on her feet, you know, clever and, and really. Well, she was very organized, you know, well, like, you know, she, she would write everything down. Uh, she wrote down all the men that, you know, she scared. She had a little tally. Then yeah. when she meets up with Madison, you know, the, the, there's a scene, if you like screenshot it, she, she has like to-do list of what she needs to do to pull it off. And in there, like, I, I actually like, read some of the items. I was like, order ginger, order champagne, get a room, get the keys. Like, it had all this stuff that she was going to do, and she had in a little list. That way, you know, she, she like, she visualized what she was going to do. She wrote it down. She kept organized. And then she executed. Yeah. But yeah. She, I think she was very bright throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And the only other, like, uh, person I want to give mention to was, uh, uh, well, actually a couple. I, l- I really liked uh, Laverne Cox as uh, Gail. The oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boner. Um, <laughs> man, like, that's, I don't know. Uh, Whenever I go to like coffee shops, you know, like, I don't know, to me, like she played like that perfect, uh, like supportive friend, you know, like that really like um, concerned. Uh, um, that has your best interest. Yeah. In that heart. Yeah, exactly. And then the other person I wanted to give a shout out to was Christopher Man- Mintz Plassey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> such a creeper. Yeah. He, oh, my God. Freaking cokehead! Yeah, seriously. <laughs> the way he was kissing her nose was fucking crazy. Yeah, there were so many actors in this movie where you well, just love to hate, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's the thing. So I, I was kind of—I don't know if it was like a huge trend, but like, all right. So you, you mentioned Christopher Mintz Plasse. We know him more of a comedic actor, right? Oh yeah. Okay, so Bo Burnham literally does stand up. Another comedian, Allison Brie, has been like in sitcoms and like actual like you know. Yeah. yeah, comedies uh, through community, glow, other stuff. Yeah, you have freaking um, the one guy I wanted to shout out was uh, Sam Richardson. If you guys remember, he's the one wearing the fedora. Oh yeah! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and he and that's all he does is comedy stuff. And actually, uh, this this isn't going to be like best line, but I thought this line was hilarious. Do you remember when Cassandra? She's a she pretty much picks up. You know, Sam was, he's playing Paul. And they're walking out. And she had uh, canceled her plans with Ryan. And as she's walking, you know, pretending to be drunk, Ryan walks by and he's like, oh, I see how it is. And she knows she messed up. And then she, like, obviously he's not drunk. So she snaps out of it. She tries to, you know, repair whatever harm that, but it's too late. And then Sam Richardson's character, Paul, is like, wait a minute, you're not drunk? And she just scares the hell out of him. And uh, he runs away. He, well, by the way, he lives with his parents. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah when he was taking her out, he's like, all right, but well, we get home, you got to be quiet because you know, your parents will <laughs> want you to wake him up. <laughs> you know, I was like, what the hell, guy? And then as he's, as he's uh, you know, after she, like, tells him that there's other women that do that and that there's one in particular that carries scissors around, he, like, 
you know what? You, you're just crazy. He starts running away, and as he's running away, he's like, you guys ruined everything! Yeah. Like, in the whiniest voice, and that just cracks me up. Are any other uh, actors or actresses that, that you liked or disliked, Jose? Anybody you disliked in this movie? No, I thought, I thought everyone would... I mean, well, so... Okay, I do want to say Adam Brody from the OC. I'm, I was a big OC head back in the day, so it was kind of cool to see him. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was a huge creep, so that kind of sucks. <laughs> As most of these guys were, but uh, the guy who played the friend—oh oh, my gosh, Joe! Okay. Yeah, that guy was casted perfectly because he just yeah. his face screams douchebag, <laughs> right? Yeah. Some of you guys don't yeah. agree with me, but he has a very, very punchable face. The casting was was <laughs> good for everybody in this movie. You know, all the creepers and. You know, yeah, everybody was was really cast well. I'd say. Yeah, you gotta give shout out to the casting director. Like they did a really good job, spot on. You know, anybody you like, Chris? No, you know, this is one of those few movies. You know, mm -hmm. where like everybody was just perfectly casted, and you know, everybody did their job. They acted well. There was no like you know shoddy scenes or like you know even like the slow like slower parts of the movie were like impertinent, you know, like mm -hmm. they were just, uh, uh, or, you know, even like the slow parts were pulled off. Well, is what I'm trying to say, you know, like, yeah, a good little segue or setup for what was. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there is so many comedians and stand up comedians, uh, like, um, even Nina's mom, right? Oh, Molly Shannon. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> That's good. This almost, it was like a comedy at that point. It should have been like a comedy, right? With all these comedians in it. Well, that's how I felt like when I first started watching the movie and you see like these dudes thrusting on the dance floor and shit. <laughs> I'm like, all right, this is going to be a comedy. I'm like, it's going to be like a like fucking rom-com. Yeah, a rom-com. And uh, no, it like, you know, turns it on its head and then... Uh, Burst you know, it even more. Yeah. <laughs> Last shout out, Peter. Last shout out before we move on from casting. Uh, Connie Brennan is in this. Come on, man. Connie Brennan. Who does she play? Yeah. She's uh, the Dean, Dean Walker. Oh, oh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's, you know, and obviously one of her biggest roles, you know, in recent memory was uh, Friday Night Lights. So she's like America's mom. And then she's like this asshole Dean that turned the other cheek. <laughs> yeah. You know? So it's kind of cool to see her play this role that, you know, she hasn't really done in the past or at least i haven't seen it yeah it's kind of crazy how serious this movie is with all these um comedic actors yeah you know? and uh, it it's it's really eye-opening you know like because a lot of these scenes you know that whether they're displaying like these uh assholes like uh and creeps and you know just all around jerks like it it really brings um real life experiences like to the forefront you know like when i like um saw that dean scene you know of walker like getting questioned by um cassandra like it just reminded me of uh the kavanaugh hearings you know like that was kind of big at the time too oh yeah no i agree yeah so it really hits like close to home you know like it you know, for the for the individual and for the like public at, at large, you know, like 
Yeah, and then and then I think it really hammers home the the point that like uh, when when these big like problems or I mean we only know about what gets reported, right? So when these big scandals that we've seen get reported and you know some atrocious atrocious acts, and we hear or read about it, and we're like, how could that possibly have happened? Because people in power, like the dean, just decide to you know. Sweep it under the rug, or yeah. you know, yeah. let boys be boys. That's how it happens, you know. And it was cool to see them also show that aspect of it, you know. That, that yeah, they're not just going to focus straight on, on on the actual perpetrator, you know, his circle of friends, but like the pretty much like the whole system, right? Yeah, and that's why you hear ten years later, you know, Weinstein, or twenty years later, right? Yeah, yeah, this whole career of rape and shit yeah yeah because there's other people that were privy to that and i just allowed it to happen or turned the other way yeah it's just you know a whole system that's built around like these schools and occupations and industries that you know allow for shit like this to happen you know and um especially like like in that scene, you know, with the school scene, the um, I was reading a report like not too long ago, um, well, probably like a year ago, that was saying that ASU um, was underreporting um, purposely um, assaults and rapes, you know, just so that their what what do you call it like uh, admissions, admissions you, you know, would stay high, you know. Oof. Well, this is kind of funny because we always talk about a movie, right? And we get to, like, how it affects us, right? Yeah. So this is a really good movie uh, to pick because it has a lot of real-life consequences and it's reality, I guess, what I'm trying to say. Yeah. All right, so, Jose, what was your best line of this movie? Oh, man, I, I had a couple, so it's kind of it's kind of hard, <laughs> hard to pick. Um, uh, man. Uh, I, I like a lot of the lines that Cassandra had, you know? Like, uh, I, I just really like the way she coldly, when Christopher, um, it's pause, <laughs> was in her room, and he figures out, oh, shit, she's sober. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, like, wide awake, and he's, like, panicking, and he's, like, but I'm a nice guy, and then blabs on, blabs on, and she asks him a question, and then he says it again, but, but no, you got, you got to believe me, I'm really a nice guy. And the way she just says, you keep saying that. And just like <laughs> stares into his soul when she says it. I think maybe more the delivery than the actual words. Oh, yeah. I love that. Um, I thought a funny one, you know, when we thought the relationship was all like, you know, hunky dory was when Ryan uh, pretty much takes her back and he uh, goes and finds her at the, I want to say, right. Coffee at the at her job, I think, and he says, "You want to go to dinner with me, you miserable asshole?" Yeah, that was good. Too. And I think, you know, if I'm gonna go with best line, I at least gotta go with the funny one because <laughs> in the movie it wasn't funny, but I was laughing because of the awkward silence. Is when they're at dinner and uh, her mom is asking him, "Oh, like, what, what do you do?" He's like, "Oh, I'm a doctor," and she's like, "Oh, your parents must be proud." I loved his comment. Oh, well, actually, they wanted me to be a DJ. They disappointed in me. <laughs> so that's my favorite line. Because she's like, what? 
And then there's nothing but silence. And yeah. he just realized he just like fucked up that joke. Yeah. And oh, Cassandra's yeah. not at all helping. <laughs> and then finally, at the back, oh, 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 that's funny. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? What was your best line in this movie? Okay. So um, this is a line that I think, especially for this millennials and this new generation of zoomers you know that are coming up you know i think it really speaks to them um i think it's it's kind of like a new trend or like a new like phase that you know the american young people are like going through right now and really like relate to this um because of so many factors you know like um yeah, like, of course, the their experience, you know, with, uh, like, um, you know, people in general, you know, so many people like nowadays, like, are just like assholes and like creeps and jerks and, you know, who wants to live in a society full of that shit, you know? So this line was actually um, during one of the coffee shop scenes. And it's when Gail is talking to her or talking to uh, Cassie about i think it's when uh they're talking about her life you know and like living at home cassie says to gail if i wanted a boyfriend yoga class and a house and kids and a job my mom could brag about i'd have done it i don't want it and then she even repeats it she's all like i don't want it and you know a lot of my friends they're like single they have no kids you know, they barely like date at all anymore. And I feel like that's like a new, like, I hate saying trend, you know, but it's like, you know, it's what it's young way people, of life. Yeah. For, for young people nowadays, you know, like who wants to fucking, you know, like, I don't know, like it's dating is hard nowadays, you know, like, especially like, like these past like few years, like, I'm sure like a lot of like young men, you know, probably are scared, you know, like to, to be the, like, cause they are probably like these nice guys, you know, that are like, they're pretty much like incels, you know, and, and just, you know, they just probably think to themselves like, fuck it, I'm not going to date anymore. You know, like, I'm just gonna, uh, um, you know, be a lonely fucking creep, you know, like, and, uh, which, you know what, we, we'd all be better for it, sort of, you know, as yeah. long as, uh, that, that, that lonely creepiness stays, you know, to themselves and doesn't bubble over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean the, the, those, those type of men should be scared to date. If that's what they're thinking, if that's what they think is normal, then yeah, just please, please run back under the swamps. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, these people like actually like need help, you know, because they don't really see the, um, you know, the way of their actions, you know, they don't really have like a large friend group. They like, you know, stay at home all the time. They don't like really like they, they want, you know, to have like relationship, you know, they want to have like that interaction with people, you know, but they're either like, I don't think the movie portrayed these guys wanting relationships like that. Yeah, it did. Uh, I, I don't think so. Like in, if you're talking about like a general public, public that's one thing but you're not supposed to have sympathy for these guys in this movie you know yeah not at all 
Yeah. And, it, and if, if anything, if anything, like if someone, you know, identifies with one of the creeps, and that's the sort of behavior, <laughs> and it, this scares them away from, you know, dating or interacting with girls, that's a good step forward. And then probably the follow-up step would be like, hey, you're going to need some actual professional help. Yeah. With somebody, you know, that's, that, that's like not the internet. Yeah. Not, not your own research type of thing. I know. Yeah. Cause, <laughs> um, it just scares me. It worries the fuck out of me that, you know, these people are just going to like become more and more um, secluded and deranged. And, you know, they're going to like think to themselves like, well, if I can't like have a relationship, then I'll force myself onto like a girl, like, and like outright, you know, perform like an act of rape or something like that. Or they might like just take their anger out and frustration out on the world with like a mass shooting or some shit, you know? I mean, and it's not just this, it's anything that, you know, bubbles over. Like, I think, uh, but only as a gender, but in a society, as a society. Yeah. And yeah. in whole, we should all seek ways to deal with our, you know, uh, I hate saying it because it's so overused, but, you know, our mental health, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, there are problems, but just mental health to get through some things that need to get resolved, you know, so it doesn't get to the point where, and it's not just, you know, not having a relationship or not being able to, you know, have be sexually intimate with someone it could be other things that are bubbling up, but mm-hmm. ultimately we all have been witnesses of how that looks when young men get angry and decide to lash out on the world. Yeah. 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 I I really like how this movie portrayed the men. How they honestly thought that they were all nice guys. You know? That's crazy because in their mind they, they when they say it, they truly believe it. Yeah. And what they do, this advantage that they're taking over these young women, it's like so normalized that they think that they can do it and still be nice guys. Like <laughs> yeah. overall, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and it's it's uh, interesting too the way that they showed like the different uh, versions of that, right? Yeah. Like uh, like Adam Brody, he he kisses Cassandra, and he takes off her underwear. But then she snaps out of it, right? And then Christopher Miss Plaza doesn't he kisses her barely, well like nose weird. But then he like starts to, you know, use his hands on her, you know, in a very he's, he freaking rapes her with his hands, you know? Yeah. So, and it's like, hey, that's still not good, you know? So it shows like all these different ways and all these different things that like this isn't right behavior. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true, you know, and no, Ryan didn't technically do anything. He was just laughing and being a witness and thought nothing of it. And that's still not good behavior. Yeah. All right. So my best line was from the main actress, uh, Carrie Mulligan, when Cassandra said to the dean, after, you know, um, threatening with her daughter's location, you know, I guess it feels different when it's someone you love, you know. And that, that was almost my best scene. Oh. Cassandra. Oh, no, no, you know what? I don't want to say anything. Go ahead. No, I don't want to. <laughs> so Cassandra, she she didn't go there for for revenge. To well, this is my impression of of that scene is that Cassandra really wanted to change the dean's view, you know, to to make sure it didn't happen again. 
Yeah. She went around it like the most clever way humanly possible. Because she didn't go there to threaten her or to beat her. She went to go make sure it didn't happen again, right? To change the outcome of it. And it was the most intelligent way I think she could have done it. Because th there's probably nothing she could have said that would have changed her mind, her view of it, right? No. Until it's somebody that she loves yeah. is in that situation. Because she's probably thinking, oh, my daughter, she'll never be in that situation. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's it's not her daughter's fault, you know? It's just, you know, I don't know. That's not, that was my favorite line of this movie. That, well, it's so true, though. That's a very good one. Yeah. yeah. And it's so true because, like, um, it takes me back to that time when, um, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, actor? No, it's um, it's uh, that senator or like uh, his name Weiner? No, no, no. Um, I'm thinking of the, the other guy that shot his friend in the face when they were duck hunting. What was it? Oh, that was Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like when Dick Cheney <laughs> was a completely like anti-gay, you know, and he was like totally against like he was voting against like all like gay rights until his daughter came out and uh, as lesbian you know and then he completely flipped the script you know and and it's true like you said you know like it it really takes like something like drastic that's close to home for people to change their mind on on like certain opinions you know but if that dean was if, if she was a real person that probably would have changed her outlook yeah. of that situation moving forward, you know? And she might even go back and, and try to fix some things as well, you know? Yeah, it's possible, you know? But a lot of people in these high positions, you know, they get there because they do turn their head, you know, to, to a lot of, like, unsavory um, actions, you know? And I'm sure, like, just like you know all the other thousands of like people in um you know high like um or powerful positions you know they they turn the other cheek you know because they want to stay in power or they want to like want that raise or they want to like you know what i mean yep. like you got anything on our line jose i uh, no no i mean i think i you hit it um pretty much right on spot with a your best line. If, if we're gonna segue to the best scenes, I mean, we might as well stick right here because I—that's the scene that I pick as my favorite or the best—is the, the her back and forth with the dean. I thought I thought that was just fascinating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah, because like, so as a viewer, the first time you're seeing it, right? So you see this terrible behavior, my man, right? And then she's getting revenge. And you almost want to say, like, as she's taking revenge, she's going to do something equally as horrible, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, man, when she sets up Madison, you know, getting her drunk in the hotel, I was like, dang, is she really, like, does she really get that dude to, like, you know, rape her? Like, you don't know as a viewer. You don't know, you know? And then uh, when the Dean thing happens, you're like, you know what? Um... Cassandra strikes me as a person that is really smart and just unhinged enough to really be telling the truth, <laughs> right? 
but you're wondering like but it can't be because you know she's a protagonist and like like a part of you wanted her to a be like lying to the dean and another part of you kind of be like you know what i kind of hope she's told the truth a little bit and that nothing happens to the girl but just to really nail it home right and so i thought you know those emotions as a viewer that was fascinating and then just sort of back and forth with her uh when you're talking about that uh, again uh the dean says like you know i couldn't ruin the boy's life you know for one incident of here she said he said and she's like oh well you know he's out there thriving and nina's dead you know and just everything that the dean any excuse or any justification she brought up cassandra would just put up straight facts or just very coldly tell her well yeah you thought but this is the reality yeah there and, is and, the, i'm sorry and uh and then just to sum it up well as you were you know saying earlier she really really put the fear in her because she lost her mind you see that the scene you know, of the secretary outside <laughs> kind of laughing yeah obviously the secretary doesn't know what's going on but you can hear her screams and there's nothing she can do there's nothing she could do yeah. see and then and, and it so that really that anguish that not knowing i think yeah that finally is going to stick with her maybe has completely changed her outlook. At least, you know, as a viewer, you hope that that finally sets her straight in terms of uh, any future assault or harassment issues about her office. So I, I thought that whole scene was just, you know, five stars. Yeah, that was probably the most hard-hitting scene for me. It was probably the most real. And there is a, it seemed like there was a clear line that Cassandra would not uh, cross. And that's- Yes, what yes. What I mean? Throughout the whole, like after that, I was like, okay, you know, that she will never put somebody in that same situation. She won't be the cause of it. Yeah, and, and, and I think deep down, we kind of knew that she wouldn't, just because you know, it, it would totally invalidate her character's journey of her, you know, going up against what happened to Nina, and then just doing, and then just become that same monster, putting someone else in that situation. Yeah, well, I was thinking that she would do anything to change. The dean's mind, but I was wrong. There's there's a line that she won't cross. Yeah, you know, because she saw the effect of it. Yeah. All right. So, what was Chris? What was your best? Uh, I'm sorry. What was your best scene? It was actually the same yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, man. The intensity of that scene. You know, um, when you go in, you don't really know what's going on. You know, because before that was the first revenge scene with uh, Madison. And you thought like, okay, like, well, you know, what she's doing with this uh, dean? Like, is she gonna do the same thing? Like, what? What? You, it leaves you kind of like with a big question mark. Like, what's she doing there? Like, what did this uh, Walker uh, Dean Walker do? And then it like slowly builds. You know, like it does it in a quick pace. You know, but it like it starts off slow. It starts off calm. And then, like, the question's happening, and then, like, she starts, like, getting into that third degree, like, you know, type of questioning, you know, to, <laughs> to her. And, um, man, just the tension that, that builds in that scene, it just, it's probably the best scene of the whole movie for me, you know? Like, it, it was just so good. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, then, and they both, they both portrayed it so well, you know? That both the actresses just like gave yeah. this a fantastic performance because that doesn't work 
without Carrie Mulligan and Connie Britton just clearly just destroying those lines. Yeah. They, they just they couldn't have done it any better. In my head, like um, you know, I could never like be quick enough on my feet to think like <laughs> like like how she does in that scene, you know, like to be able to like question everything. Like it just goes to show you like how smart the writing is for this movie, you know, like yeah. Oh, I no, I love it. And I, I mentioned her before. I love her responses, you know. Yeah, she, she would just flip it back on whoever you know what was you know she was engaged with. She'd be like, oh, just ask the question in return, and the other person would get flustered. And I thought that was a great writing and great acting to deliver it like that so coldly and just mm-hmm. yet so very very. Uh, smartly, I don't even think that's a word, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. I think we kind of like uh, glossed over like worst lines. But, oh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do all of the best and we go through all the Okay, best. okay, right on. Um, but yeah, last thing I just want to say for that scene, like, it's just, um, you know, because the lead up to that scene was the. Um, like her, like getting the uh, the daughter to jump in her car, you know, and like take her to like a place where supposedly she's going to meet like this uh, music group or whatever. That's what this movie does great. You know, like it leaves you like uh, questioning, like what's what's the twist? You know, what's the reveal? Like, why is she doing this? And it does that so many times throughout the movie. Yes. And, yeah. It just. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say it's like, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, who's the guy that's famous for twists in his movies? M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, Shyamalan. Like, but this movie, like, somehow, like, does it better, you know? Like, it just... Oh, yeah. You Definitely. know, it's like yeah. those subtle, like, scenes like that, you know? Like, just, you know, pulling over next to a fucking high school girl, you know? Like... Like okay, like this is leading to yeah. Sounds like you're gonna give us a pretty good rating, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> you have to wait and see. <laughs> so my my best scene was uh, when Neil was kissing Cassandra, but right before he was gonna rape her, you know. Yeah, that was such good acting. <laughs> you know, it, he pulled it off so well. It was such a creeper. Cassandra <laughs> yeah. oh. just like taking it. You know, he's like pushing her ass to wake up. You know, he's rubbing the what was it, cocaine on her gums. Her, yeah, her gums. Yeah, that was oh, crazy. Man. But he, he did, he did that character so well that like what four minutes or whatever it is. You know, and like I said before, it's crazy how he thought he was a nice guy. You know, yeah. He he, you can hear it in his voice when he said it. I really am a nice guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys uh, jump on Reddit at all? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, for a few things. Okay, I mean, like I don't know if you ever like noticed it or seen <sighs> the subreddit "Nice Guys." No. Oh no, no, I haven't. Never seen that subreddit. Like it's literally dedicated to fucking like videos and posts um, and replies from so-called nice guys that are actually creeps and shit. Mm-hmm. And fuck, man. Like, I can't, if, I can't go down that route. Yeah. If you, <laughs> yeah. If you fucking like go in there and look, you'll just see like all the examples you need to confirm like to yourself that this world is full of fucking like 
shithead fucking douchebag fucking assholes yeah mm. you guys ready to talk some shit about this movie <laughs> i mean i don't have a lot of ammo but yeah sure <laughs> what uh so jose what was your worst line of this movie worst any? line oh man you know what my worst line not, not not i don't think because it got was delivered terribly you know or that it was cheesy it's just that the meaning of it you know when it was said it was at the very end when joe finds al handcuffed next to cassandra's dead body and joe finally you know realizes oh she's really dead this isn't a joke uh you know al's panicking and the way joe tries to kind of calm him down is to completely absolve him of all blame oh. of any wrongdoing and he's like you did nothing wrong so that right there you did nothing wrong that's my worst line because that's just it's just so heartbreakingly disgusting and awful it fit his character really well yeah joe's character oh yeah to a t i'm telling you look at that face come on look up joe. after this podcast <laughs> go back just to the last few minutes and just look at him in that scene it's just ah oh, his face and he said that without even knowing all the facts of what <laughs> happened you know yeah like he's just i don't know like it's you know without remorse you know like yeah just, yeah not remorseful at all it's just gross you know yeah it's fucking crazy you know but so, that's my worst yeah <laughs> what about you chris what was your worst line of this film i don't even have a worst line worst line? Yeah. <laughs> like i said before man this movie just has like smart writing like throughout the entire thing you know like even like the small like um interactions you know between like the parents and shit or like the um the mom of nina you know there were small scenes but they were all so important you know it all builds character it all like um you know develops the story more and you know i guess if i'm gonna pick something like uh, i don't really like the use of the the roman numerals or the scratch marks you know like to the tally marks yeah tally marks you know like to um to pretty much um portray like the next scene you know or the next act you know why not um i just feel like it could have you know it could have been it felt like it was like almost like uh, like a nod towards uh, Quentin Tarantino's style of directing, you know, and you know, I feel like Tarantino is like the only one who pulls those like, you know, breaks between scenes or acts, you know, like off well. Like I don't really like it when he does it. Like I, I just want to see like a continuous like flow. I want to like I don't want to know what's coming up next. I want to know like like when you see the tally mark you're like oh, okay so she's gonna be like uh going after the next person or like oh three is down like here comes four you know i didn't mind it yeah i'm just nitpicking you know yeah, yeah i i kind of i i, I kind of liked it yeah i mean it's a stylized choice and it and honestly chris if you didn't have any worse line i mean it did win the Oscar for best original screenplay. So, you know, you're justified in not picking on your slide. I don't know. Like I said, like it's it's nothing big, you know. It's it's uh personal preference. Yeah, yeah. It's a nitpick. You're you're picking nits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so my worst, my worst line. Okay, so Paul, right? When he was about to take Cassandra home. Um, and then. Oh, ran, yeah, 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 yeah. He ran away all crazy and shit. But what do you say? You're ruining it for all of us, right? Yes, yes, yes. Well, that was that was such like a heavy topic, right? And then I, I just felt like it, like that was a good laugh, right? But it kind of drew away the heaviness of the topic of what they were trying to say. I, I think there's some comedy in here, but it's mostly drama. You know, it's mostly yeah. I, I think it just kind of took away from the message a little bit, but that's just me. Can I, mean, can I give you a can I give you a counterpoint to that here? Yeah. I feel like the reason they did that is because, you know, all of us that are, I guess, quote unquote, normal or aren't engaging in this creepy behavior, just laugh at the ridiculousness of that statement that he truly believes that it's being ruined for everyone. <laughs> and he can't even see his own wrongdoing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he's just a loser. I okay, put it in perspective. Uh... Yeah. So, so to me, it was kind of what, like, you just laugh at these losers. Yeah. So th that's what I that's that's what I got from it. So that that's my counterpoint to it. All right, so what was your worst scene? Oof, worst scene. Um, you don't have you know, one. Well, uh, you know, the, I guess the hardest, the toughest one to watch. There, there's two tough ones to watch that were and, and not because they were bad, just because of you know the nature of the scenes. You know, so I mean, I, I guess I'm gonna go with with the murder. That that that, that was very disturbing. You know, yep. uh, you have Al, and it was like, you know, in, in any other movie, you know, one shot to the stomach, and then you say your last words, and you die. It's cheesy deaths. No, this was a struggle, and she and it and it goes on for it seemed like forever. And you're hoping, or at least I did when I first saw that something somewhere was going to save her. I really wanted her to live. But then as more time goes by and it, and the camera finally pans up to Al's like face as he's struggling, he's putting all his weight and effort into it. And you realize, oh no, she's going to die. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of tough to see, you know, this character that I grew fond of from the beginning and was on this, you know, quote unquote, righteous mission. You know, submit to this asshole, and just got murdered. You know, so so it was tough to watch from that. Just it was disturb. It was a very disturbing death. I mean, it was a great scene if you're just you know basing off of film merits, but it, it was tough to watch as like uh, someone that drew some sort of affinity for uh, the Cassandra character. So, would you take it out or no? Would you leave it in? Oh no 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 no! I would leave it in. This movie does not change. This movie changes so much if you don't leave it in. I understand why it's there. Like I think it's a great scene, but it, it still didn't make her dying or that death any easier to, you know, fully engage with when I first watched it. I have to say it was the perfect ending for me. Yeah, yeah, I think so, man. But oh no, um, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, I, I wouldn't change the ending. I'm just saying it was still tough to watch her struggle like that. Yeah, and that's, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And for me, like, I'm a little bit biased, you know, because uh, I love movies where the main characters, like, die <laughs> off in the end. Uh, that's why I'm a big fan of, like, Joel and Ethan Coen movies. 
because they're like heroes and and uh, uh, protagonists uh, always die off in, in in the movies, and uh, it just it's just real life, you know. Like some people don't yeah. make it alive, you know. I agree with you. So, Chris, what was your worst scene, if you have one? Yeah, um, I did have. It's not even a, a whole scene because the whole scene was actually good, but there was a reaction that I thought was, uh, how do I put it? Like, it wasn't the reaction I expected. And, and when, well, I'll, I'll go over it. Like the whole scene was like the Christopher Mance, Plassey or Neil uh, scene when he's like, um, you know, kind of giving her the business with his hands, you know, and then she kind of wakes up and like um, shows her sober face. His reaction to that was like to that of like a murder scene or like seeing an alien or like um, witnessing like uh, fucking like a murder, like a murder just happening in front of you, you know? Well, he got caught. He got yeah. caught, you know, he should have been like you know, taken back, like, like kind of how he did. But the fact that he was all like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what? Oh, my God, what is happening? You know, like, it was just over the top for me. You know, it just, it it didn't really fit it, the, um, the scene for me, you know? Like, it should have been, like, a little bit less of what he gave, you know, for my taste. Um, I didn't notice that. Maybe I gotta see it again, but I didn't get that vibe. Yeah. Like to me, it was just an overreaction. You mm -hmm. know? You got anything on that scene, Jose? What, what um, no, I mean, I think my most disturbing part from that scene was when he put his hand up for picking blood. That was like, oh, God. <sighs> and then, so when he started panicking, I'm like, good, you should panic, you asshole. Yeah. All right. So it's kind of weird because my. My favorite scene was that scene, right? Yeah. And on the same token, that's also kind of my, my worst scene also. Because I was waiting for Cassandra to do something like over the top, like brand him like a predator or something. I was kind of hoping. Oh, shit, dude. Like, look. You know, like, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> because like, um, ultimately, she had a conversation with him. I don't know if he's going to stop or not. You know what I mean? But I... I was just hoping that it would end on more of like a threat or something that would honestly make him stop doing that, stop uh, being a predator. But I, I thought it was going to go fucking crazy and it kind of just didn't. And I was like, damn, I kind of wish that she went nuts on his ass or something. You just wanted to see Christopher Mintz positive, like all messed up. <laughs> yeah, I did, you know, but... That's personal preference. What do you have against McLovin, man? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? Don't, don't tell me. We, we already talked about mental health. Just bring it up with your therapist, man. <laughs> this is a part of the podcast. One of us are going to say a quote from a famous movie, and then the other two hosts are going to try to guess that movie. Uh, you guys are probably going to get this right away. Let's go with Fly, You Fools. Oh, yeah, I know what it is. Why you fools? I don't know what it is. What is it, Peter? Um, let's try to say it like him. He might get it. Fly, you fools. <laughs> <laughs> Count Chocula has a movie? <laughs> oh, my God. 
It's from Lord of the Rings. It's Gandalf before he. Oh, it's, man, I'm bad, dude. I saw Lord of the Rings once, and it took me like it took me like six years or seven years to watch that movie. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay, so, so you know you can you can edit this out right now, <laughs> Peter. Th th this is the part where you edit. I'm just giving you sound markers, all right? But <laughs> as an aside. Uh, I actually went to the Lord of the Rings premiere in the theaters. Oh, and I, yeah, yeah, that opening weekend. And I was broke. So I wasn't going to go watch the movie. But my roommates at the time, they were like, oh, we're going to this movie. And my buddy was like, I'll pay for you. I was like, well, you're paying for it. Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> and I fell asleep. I oh, fell asleep no. in the middle. I woke up. I had no idea what was going on. I was like, who the fuck is that guy? Who is she? What is going on? And I just left the movie confused. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, I, I saw maybe the first, like, 20, 30 minutes. Took a nap for about another 30 and then saw the rest. I was like, I was very confused. Man. There's, like, about man. a half an hour chunk I, I didn't watch. So, uh, I finally bought it on DVD. And then, you know, years later, I was in the military. <laughs> tried to watch it again. And I fell asleep. And I woke up. And it, the DVD oh, was so on. And I, I woke up to see around the same stuff that I saw in the theater. I was like, all right, well, I guess it's oh, a movie. Yeah. And finally, until like I was deployed, I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch these movies. Like, you know, there ain't nothing else to do. So I started watching it. And lo and behold, I fell asleep again. But, 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 push pause this time before I took a nap. Took a nap, woke up, unpause it, and then finished it. So, yeah. Right. I'm not huge uh, into the Tolkien universe oh right. uh you can edit all that out peter you yeah. can, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually pretty good i might just leave it yeah <laughs> man, it was. all right so um let's go do you want to do anything before we do our deep dive jose oh don't i get a quote oh no i'm sorry it's you can if you want but it's oh. one for episode oh i didn't know that um sure i'll just do it and then you know it's probably hard anyway so i'll probably just tell it to you you okay. guys have no idea all right, it's um one of my favorite movies. Uh, here it goes. Show me. Where is this love? I can't see it. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. I can hear it. I can hear some words, but I can't do anything with your easy words. I don't know what the fuck that is. What is it? Oh, man, I know what it is. Can you say it once more? Yeah. Show me. Where is this love? I can't see it. I can't touch it. I can't feel it. I can hear it. That's such a good. I can hear some words, but I can't do anything with your easy words. Who says that? Damn. Give me a second. Because he's like, I love you. And then she's like, like I don't. Uh, yeah. Where? Where? Where's this love at? You know? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, yes. Oh, yeah. You're on the right seat. You're almost there. I'm trying to. Hmm, fuck. I can't remember what movie it's from. It's I, such a good, such a good scene, though. Really? Oh, it's a, it's a wonderful scene. Can you think of it? Chris no. is very confused right now. I'm not going to guess it. All right. Okay. I'll, 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 uh, I'll break it. So uh, let, me, let me think of a guess. It's just a wild guess. All right. Go ahead. Is it, uh, is it, it's not, it's not Julia. Is it Julia Roberts? It's not Julia Roberts, but she, Julia Roberts is in the movie. Oh, okay. I'm not going to get it. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, that quote is from the character Alice, played by Natalie Portman. And she's having a discussion with Dan, who's played by Jude Law, in the movie Closer. That was a fucking good... Because she's been treated like shit so much. Yes. Yes. You know? 
That was that was a good movie too. I love I love that quote. I, I usually quote that one, and I also quote where he's having a, a fight with uh, Julie Roberts, and he goes, "Have you ever seen a human heart? It looks like a fist wrapped in blood. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's such a that's a good good quote. I love those two quotes. I just love those, those will always be. Weird. Have you seen that movie? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, you, should ch- you should check it out. Are you yeah. it sounds like anything awesome. that Natalie Portman does is fucking yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's true. All right. So you want to go first, uh, Jose, with, with everything else you want to say of this movie or a deep dive section? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have a few things. Well, I actually have one thing that I thought was interesting. So um, we all know that at the end, she's going to go to the bachelor party. And if you guys pay attention as she's getting out of the car, getting all her stuff, you know, she's dressed as a nurse. I thought was interesting choice is the music, the backdrop music. I don't know if you guys picked up on it. You guys know what it was. Was that uh, Katy Perry or was that the first? No, one? no, it was not Katy Perry. Was it Paris Hilton? No, no, but no, no, that was that was the funny part in the pharmacy. No, but this was along the same lines. It was actually Britney Spears. Uh, oh. Toxic. oh, yeah. But but it was like slowed down and it was played by only like strings. I want to say maybe I heard horns. So it had this really creepy vibe to it. And I just thought it was a neat way to really start building up the suspense of the final showdown. As she's literally going to a cabin full of toxic men. I thought that yeah. was just chef's kid. So I thought that's my one interesting little tidbit. No, that was really like this movie did really well too, was the fucking music throughout this. Not just the the songs, like the actual like like backdrop. Yeah, like the um, like the subtle like noises, you know, not noises, but like fucking the instrumentals, you know, that you hear yeah. in the music, like uh, especially like when the when she starts, like in the first couple scenes when she meets guys uh, or goes back to the guys' apartments, and then she wakes up, and then it kind of like the the music kind of like drops down in tone, you know, and it like gets a little bit dark, you know, like. It almost feels like a horror movie, you know? How many times did you watch this, Chris? Twice. Yeah. What else do you got, Jose? Um, that that was my thing. Um, I mean, a lot of this, my little neat stuff was all about just the different castings. We already went over those. So I think that's all. All right, Chris, your deep dive section. All right, my double D section. This is probably not the best <laughs> fucking term to use for this movie. Did he even watch the movie, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> okay. You learned nothing. You fell asleep like I did during Lord of the Rings. That's what happened. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me go into this a little bit. You're gonna fucking you're probably gonna hate me for like some of the I'm probably gonna play a little bit of devil's advocate in the, my double D section. Um, so please well, don't hate me. You started off with this, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first, uh, before I get into the heavy uh subjects, I just want to say you know that this this was probably like the perfect uh revenge movie for our time. So, you know, we live in a time that's post Me Too movement, you know, like you know, where people like can actually like speak up and like you know, make the accusations and be heard. You know, I think that's a wonderful thing, you know, like 
for that people like who have experienced have gone through like these um types of situations like it, they need a voice you know like they need to be heard they need to be like seen and you know these people who these attackers you know and you know criminals you know need to be like exposed oh yeah 100% and that's why i thought it was like a like the perfect movie you know like for 2020 you know well, like it, and you know just to piggyback off that thought chris like uh you, you said a large time, but not just because of, you know, the, the climate around, you know, in the conversation I say about around sexual assault and sexual harassment has changed, but all, also just the movie just filled with like all the technology, right? How is she able to track out down all these people? You know, some version of, of Facebook, social yeah. media, you know, her, her, her last like, you know, laugh that she got, unfortunately, beyond the grave was through a delayed smartphone pack. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's all these things, you know, that we use every day. It's like, yeah, like, you know, if this was the same plot of revenge from the 1930s, it would be kind of difficult. Maybe she would have wrote a letter to someone and they would have like, I don't know, gave it to the newspaper. (laughs) You know, but but, but yeah, you're right. You said this is, you know, it was was, uh, helped out by being a revenge sort of archives with all the technology and things that we use on day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, I don't know, to me, like, I don't know, do you guys feel like this movie was a response to the Me Too movement? I, I, I don't. I don't think it was. I think it was just, uh, I think, I honestly think it was just they wanted to make something. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Emerald Fennel. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like she, uh, I think it's just a story that she wanted to tell. I think that given like her uh, vision, she would have told the story like, I don't know, eight years ago. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think it was necessarily a reaction to it. I just think that uh, she would have done it regardless because this has been going on for so long. It yeah. just hasn't been as publicized. So I, I, I don't think it just came out as a response. I think it, it came out in the wake of it because there's just more eyeballs on that conversation. I just think that she probably would have made this film regardless. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked at any interviews, but that's just what I, it feels like it was. Yeah. Because it feels like the other movie that came out around that time with uh, Charlize Theron, the one where she plays the um, the news anchor from Fox and she exposes the the head of Fox News. Oh, you remember that movie? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember what the name of the movie was. Oh, Me neither. But well, uh, that's bad marketing on them. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like that movie and, you know, a little bit of this movie yeah. was kind of like a reaction, you know. To I think the, that movie for sure was definitely a reaction. Yeah, but yeah, this one was just, it was just different, you know, it hits different, you know, because it tells the story of like, you know, sexual assault survivors, you know, in a different light, you know. It also told like kind of like a revenge story and it just hit it just like had so many tones to this uh to the story you know that um it left you guessing like you know like to three quarters of the way in you know and uh that's what it really did really well so i had to look this up just because you brought it up okay yeah apparently she devised the concept of the film in 2017. oh wow yeah so it wasn't that long ago and then she you know was able to get it to margot robbie's uh, production company 
Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of cool though that in here, like you know what we've discussed earlier is that uh, you know, they deliberately went out there and chose the male actors who previously played like good characters, good guys, or just funny good guys, just to really hammer in the, you know, it's not just the obvious douchebaggy behavior or macho type guys or whatever. It's also the quote unquote nice guys. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. And um yeah, the the nice guys, like, do you feel like it like overplayed its part, you know, making you cringe so bad, you know, like um with the the supposed nice guys, you know? Because as you watch this movie, you realize that there is not a single good guy in this well, fucking movie. I have that as one of my topics I wanted to talk about, but it doesn't have any good men, right? Yeah. Possibly, the dad. Like, I was going to say, possibly Clancy Brown is the dad. Yeah. But the detective, but the, the like, dad, the detective, the other doctor in the doctor office. Are they just men or good men? That's my question. That's like, true. Showing me like strong, good men. No, yeah. They're just like background characters, you know, that aren't really meant to like carry the story, you know. Like, Would you have liked it better if the guy that she was falling in love with was a good man? Would you have liked it better like that? I think it teased it so much that I probably would have been happier if it did. Yeah. But because this movie, like, it really sends the message, you know, that all men are fucking supposed fucking uh creepers you know and, yeah like 90 percent. yeah all, like 90 percent of all the guys in this. Uh, no I, I took it a different way i took it as uh that just, just just yeah it could be anyone and just because someone thinks that they are or keeps saying to you that they're a nice guy doesn't necessarily mean that they are yeah you know? and, and that's why you need to know and, and then regardless you know if you're just meeting a person for the first time at a bar or like you know a relationship you know you don't know someone until you know someone. Yep. That's that's probably the biggest message I got from this movie. You don't know somebody until you know them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's scary about this movie is that I hope it doesn't like, you know, make any like woman like want to fucking like pull out of a revenge a revenge plot like this, you know, because <laughs> fucking Cassie, she puts herself in so many dangerous situations. Oh yes, she does. Like, it's it's ridiculous, you know? Like, in, in real life, she never would have made it to, like, carry out her plan because there would have been a fucking attacker that would have raped and killed her before. Yeah, and she didn't look like she had anything even to defend herself. No. She went self. Yeah. Well, 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 I think, so, part of that, too, I think that a, a reason why Cass did this, because uh, I just think she was heartbroken from Nina. She was never the same, remember? The, yeah. the conversations with her parents, like, I think, what was it, her dad? Her mom, I forget which parent, but they're like, you know, we, we miss Nina, too. Like, we loved her. She, we considered her one of her own, but we're just happy that you're back. Yeah. You know? So she's been in a very, very bad place for close to seven years. You know? And I think, like, yeah, she didn't, she didn't want to take up, uh, you know, Gail on a job offer. You know, she doesn't want any of these things. She just feels empty for this travesty that happened to someone that, to practically her hero. She looked up to Nina, you know? Yeah. And no one, and, and then she felt like she was crazy because no one believed and no one wanted to look at the truth. Everyone just turned it away. So she was in a very solitary, like, journey. 
and I kind of like that. It, it it really hammered in like her perspective, her point of view, her play as a, as a woman in this this film in this world, and, and she didn't need a strong man to come and save her. You know, she's more than willing and capable to do it herself. Yeah, and I feel that 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 any injection of a strong male character that 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 was you know a, a primary a force in the film would have just taken away from her journey and from her character. So I, I kind of like that it was just that. Yeah. Well, it also showed her regret for not going with him, right? She had a lot of guilt for not being with Nina that, that day as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. The, the oh. guilt, the sadness, like her world was turned upside down, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right, Chris, what else you got? Okay, you last thing. And uh, this is probably going to be the touchiest part of uh, the podcast. <laughs> Sounds good. Is it another token quote? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wish, man. I could talk token all fucking day, dude. Uh, all right. But uh, do you believe that every accusation made against their attacker should be believed, like, right off the bat? Well, you know, like, so... That question, right? Like, I, I'm, I'll be the first to say, like, they all have to be investigated. You yeah. Know, to a, like the dean, right? She didn't investigate. She just squashed it. Yeah. Right? I don't think it has to be believed or, or canceled immediately. It has to be investigated. And yeah. Not- I, I just, I, I, I think, I don't know if that's a question. I don't know if that's a question I would ask, but I, I would like, kind of like what Peter's saying, like, I feel like every accusation, should just be taken seriously. That's oh, it. Just, yeah. just be, just take it seriously. Do the investigation, and then do all the, you know, proper things that go along with that. You know, because some of that stuff isn't even investigation. You know, some well, of that stuff could be as simple as like, all right, well, we're gonna have to document things. You know, just you know, recording things that will help in the investigation. Just anything, because you know, cause yeah, with any sort of scrutiny. In investigation, the flimsiest accusation can fall apart, you know? It, like, what pops in my head first is, like, like when somebody would call somebody a witch, and then they'd, they'd burn them at the stake. Right? Yeah. So that, that sounds bad, but, like, you can't just believe everything that's said, right? Yeah, but there has to be an investigation. Yeah, there has to be action, you know? That's and the- and that action doesn't necessarily mean, like, like, if someone gets accused of rape, to just, you know, throw them in jail and put out a warrant that second accusation is made, you know? Yeah. Uh, I feel, I feel like, well, like it's like, okay, well, let's take it seriously and let's investigate. Let's figure out what happened, you know? And because there's tools out there for, you know, those people that are, I don't know, whether it be, a, a, you know, Dean's office, whether it be the local freaking law enforcement or any other type of, a, you know, agency, any type of organization that has some sort of, uh, I guess, power to handle that sort of thing, that, yeah, they'll take care of it. Now, it gets tricky, though, depending on, you know, where those accusations are made, and that, that's where I think it's uh, unfortunate because, you know, most people that fall victim of sexual assault or sexual harassment are afraid to even speak out on it. Yeah. But I think it's more the case that, uh, you know, we don't get people speaking out than having people making up false accusations mm-hmm. yeah yeah and for the most part like 
people who make false accusations or like make up a story that's like slim to nil you know like it's not really the yeah. but the other part i was gonna mention that you know everything that you guys said is true and you know is right and i agree with it like wholeheartedly like the problem is is that in today's world nowadays in real life people are are judged and punished and not necessarily through the law but through other means um just from simple accusations mm -hmm. so you know kind of like how the in the in the movie the mm -hmm. dean the dean was saying that if she had made the accusation uh known to the public you know and investigated it it would have ended that guy's uh career you know his whole like uh school study like he would have dropped out and he would have been like you know in the spotlight you know so to speak well but i was saying you know like that i don't know like it's it's hard to say like what's right and what's wrong you know because like there is you know due process you know you're supposed to be like innocent before um or or uh, presumed innocent before found guilty you know but if you don't like you know bring it into the spotlight then you know then and it's kind of like kept under the rug then you know it probably won't lead to anything you know yeah. it I won't think, lead to action i think with uh, a lot of famous cases where people are proven to be liars about the accusations mm -hmm. need to be brought forward to show to the general public of what kind of actions will be taken against those liars right yeah like the most famous one right now is the um, johnny depp child right oh yeah and like i think a lot of people were just pissed off at him when it came out oh uh, yeah the trial is over you know look look at the two of them you know johnny depp's been like they want him to do another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. You know, with open Oh, gosh. I mean, regardless <laughs> of what he did or didn't do, I'm not ever watching those movies. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. please, no. I, I, you know what? If that, if that, if that trial's what ended the Pirates of the Caribbean, you know what? I'm glad that trial happened. <laughs> Childishly. Kidding, kidding, kidding. Yeah, I still hate the movies. You have any other devil advocate? No, no, that, that was it. Yeah. Nothing else for you, Dave? No, that's it. Okay. Let me see what I got. I have a couple of things. Um, so I, I recognize that that this was a well done movie and it was well, I guess it was well done, okay? Yeah. And I for me to really love this movie, I I would want her to have some hardcore revenge. Like like um that Daniel Craig movie, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. Where she like tattoos on him. Rapist pig. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what I was kind of expecting coming into this movie. It's not bad. You know, it's just personal preference, right? Um, because I don't know if that McLovin guy is gonna stop. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I don't know. <laughs> but um Man, hey, remind me to never watch Super Bad with you. I don't want you to spaz out. <laughs> uh Chris Ray talked on on the no decent men of the whole movie uh, just something weird that was in the movie so it's kind of weird i looked at the budget for this film 
and it said it was between five and ten million dollars did you see that wow really but it made well it doubled it, it almost made 20 million dollars okay. so it's, it is a success a lot of people showed up well enough to break even right it doubled the, the cost and this was 2020 yep did it go straight to like theaters and i don't know streaming did oh, you, you know what i don't know you know i i can look that up as we ponder yeah. i do have this machine in my hands it's a, <laughs> Well, it was released by Focus Features. Oh, oh, by the way, I mean, I guess that's my other deep dive. I love Focus Features. Most of their stuff I think is awesome. All right, that's it. Um, do, 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 do. Theatrically released April 2020. Pulled from the schedule. And it, it was instead released in December 2020. And then it went to streaming video on demand in January 21. Oh, so it didn't even and then Blu-ray in March of 2021. Yeah, so yeah, that was still probably like the shutdown, the beginning of 2021. Well, I, I didn't did. really go back to work till like April that year. Yeah. I, I don't know anybody who's seen this movie except for Jose. I never would have watched it. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of nice that a lot of people did. Yeah, it definitely flew under the radar, yeah. Um, yeah. Cassandra is played by Carrie Mulligan. I, I, I gotta say, I, I really didn't like her in any other movie except for this. I think she was really well cast for this movie. Yeah. Like, um, I was gonna ask you guys a question. Did you guys like, like the love story between Carrie Mulligan and, and Bo Burnham? I enjoyed it. You know, like it was just a different like uh, um, tone to the movie, you know, that kind of added to this the story but it was pretty believable yeah yeah no yeah i really liked it i i, I felt like they had great chemistry yeah you know the, the back and forth quips was always great they had awesome one-liners you know but what, what was it the, the the day or morning after the family dinner he's like i had something to tell you so like what you're in love with my mom yeah <laughs> he's like yeah can you give her my number so like all this, yeah, all this stuff was funny, but yeah. I also thought that uh, another reason, kind of, what they show that is to show that up until that point, Cassandra's character had was very like uh, uh, monochromatic in terms of mood, you know, yeah, very gloomy, very gray type moods, very you know dark. And when she got in this relationship, we kind of got to see a glimpse of what the real Cassie was before. The incident with Nina had occurred. Mm -hmm. You know, so I thought that was kind of cool to see, like, oh, this is what she probably could have been like. You know, she could have had a quote unquote normal adult life had it not been for these awful people and these awful circumstances and the rape, of course. Yeah, it was crazy to see her open up. Yeah. It was a believable love story and it was. I enjoyed it. That's why I was like really sad that, well, not sad, but like disappointed a little bit. You know, the fact that the guy turned out to be like just another fucking asshole. You know, I was all like, fuck, man, can we get at least one good guy in this fucking. Yeah. yeah the detective I, at the end. Yeah. Well, you said that, Jose. What am I missing oh, about the detective? How was he a good guy? He f arrested the bad guy. I don't know what else you want, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's true, I guess. <laughs> I was thinking, you want to make your cake uh, next time? <laughs> 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 All right, let me see what else I got. 
Okay, so last thing I'm going to say is this movie is um, it's directed and written by a woman. By yeah. Females. Yeah. And we're three men talking about it, right? <laughs> yeah. And I did the stats for our podcast and looks like about 15% are, are women that watch it, which is awesome, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. But like I said, we're three guys talking about one of the worst things like they say in this movie that hap- that can happen to a woman so you know if you're out there listening it'd be nice to get a woman's perspective of what they they think of this movie okay. yes yes we, we, we would love that because right now there's way uh, you know what i was going to make a funny clip about like what chromosome men have but i don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> whatever chromosome that men have there's too many of it right now and too many of opinions coming from that so yeah. feedback would be greatly appreciated the opposite sex okay well i was just gonna say you know like i'm just gonna quick mention it that i've been through uh, a type of situation where i was uh sexually assaulted like a few a couple years ago and it wasn't by a woman you know like because i um i'm part of the lgbt community and you know i'm not ashamed to say it you know i'm not afraid to talk about it like especially like because during that time i was working as a lift driver and you know we would you know engage in conversation you know like with the uh with the customer and a lot of the customers are like in this movie they're drunk you know they're inebriated and and they just act like like assholes you know they're like a completely different person or they're their true selves you know like when they're uh, under the influence, you know, I didn't report the the assault. You know, I told uh, I reported it to Liv, but I didn't call the cops or anything. You know, but you know, I can I can attest to like how men can be sometimes. You know, especially when they're drunk. Because even when I go out to like the gay bars, you know, um, there's been countless times when they i get approached by a guy and they're you know they've been drinking too much and they come up and they're all like touchy-feely it's uncomfortable you know it's it's like that first step you know to being taken advantage of you know if you know if the circumstances you know happen you know yeah no no that's yeah that's all what's yeah i think that's like what this movie hints at it's like all these people just feel like because they see themselves a certain way, they're entitled to act a certain way. Yeah, and that it's that, and that it's okay. That's part of they it. still can't. Yeah, and they still can't see it themselves, and that's just a shame. Yeah. All right, Jose, what what is your rating for this film? I personally am going to give this film a nine point three. I feel that you know. I think a 10 is reserved for like my most favorite movies in the world. And I would like watch them all the time. But I feel, feel like if I can get into the nine, it's a very enjoyable movie that I will rewatch. As a matter of fact, I think I, this is the third time I watched it. And as we've discussed already, I loved everything about it. I love the casting was great. The, the, the script was awesome. The dialogue between the characters, you know, uh, the cinematography, you know, the editing, how they put, everything together to look at Cassandra's journey from, you know, the very first scene of those awkward men in khakis dancing to a pop song. Everything was great, you know, and, and it had its, you know, 
for dealing with such a you know heavy topic it had its few moments of a you know quips and laughs you know sprinkled throughout but overall just of the how strong the film was i i think me personally i'm going 9.3 that's good that's really good actually. yeah that's that's yeah that's remarkable yeah that's a good score yeah. for me so you know i score movies like uh i try to step outside of my personal like beliefs and preferences and i try to see the movie like how it was technically like executed you know and you know everybody like pulled off their part like really well you know directing was good casting director did a phenomenal job but in this case i really would have enjoyed the movie a little bit better like if the main girl if carrie was played by um either a young black um or or any other like minority you know like actress you know because i think in you know especially in the wake of me too and all that and and all the you know the how do you say it like the the fallout you know of like um sexually assaulted women and um and their assaulters and everything i believe that the founder of the me too movement said said it best when she said that women of color are the most uh most likely to be sexually assaulted and taken advantage of when it comes to these like types of situations so for me like if that would have been like you know factored into the movie i think it would have made it a little bit better especially for our times you know but other than that you know the you know the movie itself was really great it was such an important message and i think it got it through perfectly you know like it got its point across perfectly so i'm gonna give this movie an eight and a half out of ten oh, that's really good yeah so uh me i'm unless um i say i recognize that this is actually a really great piece of work i think i would have liked it more like i said if she was like more because you see the trailer right and you're scared of her a little bit right because she's got I makeup and did not see the trailer oh you didn't see it i, didn't see it <laughs> no, I, I have yet to see it but i was like man she's gonna like rip somebody apart you know <laughs> yeah and i was kind of like waiting for that to happen and it never really did so i was kind of a little let down but that's a personal preference but I think, I think you need to enact the predator handicap onto your rating system. Yeah. Like not, 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 not every character is going to be predator in every movie. <laughs> uh, so, but other than that, uh, I, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Nice. Yeah. A solid score. Yeah. But like, like I said before, if any of you listeners have any feedback or anything you want to talk about, you guys could uh, write into us some um, tell us what you think about the movie yeah and i just want to like reiterate you know the fact um of this whole subject you know the fact that um there still is like a lot of people um not just women but some men as well that are being uh sexually assaulted raped um taken advantage of, you know, assaulted, molested, 
and just uh, a lot of horrific you know like things that are happening out there in the world whether whether it's in the the workplace you know whether it's in like hollywood the schools you know it happens all over the place and people need to speak up you know you know i know it's hard um especially going through that myself like i know it's 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 hard to really speak up you know it's hard to like find your voice and really like you know make make the accusation you know but um there's organizations out there you know there's uh you know there's people out there just like you you know that that have been through that type of situation and they're willing to hear you out and and help you out through this uh difficult time you know anything else yeah jose wrap it up uh no no i think uh i've said enough all right well until next time we'll see you again thank you for listening to the three amigos movie review podcast good night good night good night um let me see if i can play this and how happy it's gonna sound on this uh speaker but uh i'm doing my deep dive britney spears thing let's see if it comes well, out we'll we'll the the and then we both won't be doctors you fucking <laughs> nice oh wait no no i messed up oh gosh well there's a lot of editing so don't worry about it if it messes up you do it again hold up hold up hold up uh no, I thought that was the volume. I was like, no, I dragged my finger around the wrong thing. That's not the volume. That's the fast forward. This is riveting podcasting right here. <laughs> here it goes. Let's listen to the music. <laughs> I think I'm just going to have to download it and upload it. Yeah. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.